You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. So what is the biggest killer of mankind? And, and those are my Bible talk, no, I asked this question already. And Christine said, actually, what I was going to preach. She said, fear. Oh, wow. So that, I guess that's God's spirit already moving right, here to confirm that we really need to talk about fear today. What are you afraid of? Let me ask you something. What are, you, what are people afraid of? Spiders. Spiders. Isaac. Rats. Oh, my good rats. Really, bro. <laughs> Christo. Afraid of dying. Dying, ooh, dying. Similar, but not like diets. Ooh. <laughs> diets. Not similar, but diets. <laughs> That's a good one. Fear of success and failure. Both extremes right there. <laughs> okay. Did you raise your hand? Someone raised their hand in that corner. Is that one saying, okay, anyone else? Fear of okay. money. Afraid of money. Lack of money. Lack of money. Okay, Charlotte. Love. Love. Ooh. Love. I'm afraid of love. Wow. We need to talk after this, Charlotte. <laughs> 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 you know, let's look at what the Bible says. Oh, that was just fear of being separated from the Lord. Really. Oh. Mm. That's a good one. very spiritual. Let's go to the Bible in Second Timothy. Let's see what the Bible has to say there. Um. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 6, if you have a Bible, please go there. If you don't have one, please share with your neighbor. Um, and in verse 6, it says, For this very reason, I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul laid his hands on Timothy, which was done back then in the first century. But now it says, for the spirit God gave us, so God gives us a spirit when we become baptized disciples, amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. And it gives us that spirit. He said, it doesn't make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony that our Lord or me is prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and has called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Isn't that a very incredible scripture right there? It says that God Almighty does not give us a spirit of timidity. What does it mean to be timid? It means to be fearful and to be cowardice. But it says, because you are made in God's image, that is not the spirit that you have. It says it is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. Who likes power in this room right now? Apart from Charlotte, who likes love? <laughs> Who likes self-discipline? Oh, that's, that's a tough one, you know. Some of us are like, oh, self-discipline. I don't, I don't. If there's anyone I would choose, I prefer power and love. But self-discipline? Oh. <laughs> but God says that he saves us and calls us to a holy life. 
The issue here that Timothy is going through and struggling with is the issue of fear. He's afraid of the call that God has called him to do. He says you're called to a whole life. To be holy means to be set apart for a special purpose. So in this room right now, the fact that you are here right now means God is separating you from seven million people. The fact you're here means there's a separation going on right now because God has a special plan for you individually. The question is, do you believe it? Because God believes it. But do you believe it or do you believe your timidity more than what God says? You know, a guy once said, it says, the greatest casualty of life is not found among the Portuguese. Hey. Not amongst, <laughs> not amongst the Nigerian West Africans, uh, okay. not among the English, no. not amongst the Polish, mm. not amongst the Jamaicans, mm. <laughs> not amongst the, the, the Dutch, not amongst the Zambians or the Zimbabweans, mm. not among, what do you call Zimbabweans, does it make sense, is that what they call each other, Zambians, yeah. Zims, Zims. Zims. not amongst the Zims, not amongst the Slovakians. But amongst the Bulgarians, it says the greatest casualty of life is found in the land of fear. It says fear will kill you before you die. It says the first casualty of mankind happened when Adam and Eve sinned. And what did they do? They were too afraid to stand before God. God was saying, Adam, where are you? Where are you? And he says, I was too afraid because we ate the fruit from the tree of good and evil. From the very first fall of man, fear came into the heart of mankind. Fear came into our hearts. But what is the root cause of that fear? Sin. So today we're going to talk about sin. And let's talk about how to overcome fear. Because sin is, in a sense, our nature, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, who didn't sin this past week? <laughs> who is so righteous that this past week was like, and without blend, it was blend, it was like perfectly. It's like, it's like white as snow. Isabella. But that's powerful because I look at my child right now, I look at Amaya, and that child is bold. Yeah. Amaya is so bold. You know, we had the herd that's coming over for lunch yesterday at our house. And Amaya, we have, you know, those who have been to our house, we have this bean bag that, you know, we also like sitting on. And it's bean bag there. And Amaya is like jumping on it, jumping, jumping. And she could fall. Yeah. But she doesn't care. She's like, Mama, let's jump, let's jump. And she's jumping in a way like this. <laughs> which she can easily fall. Yes. But she's so bold because sinless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is purity of heart. Yeah. Purity of heart makes us bold and unashamed. Yeah. And the title for today is, You are called to be bold and unashamed. Bold, called to be bold and unashamed. You know, true one man, sin came into the world, but true Jesus Christ, freedom came into the world. Obedience came into the world. Salvation came into the world. And today I want to tell you that, hey, what is what is scripture says is that, hey, God wants to save you. God wants to set you free. God 
wants to call you to a holy life. God wants to call you to obedience. The question is, are you ready to answer the call that, hey God, here I am God, I am ready to answer your call. To say, I will not be afraid, I will be courageous, I will be bold, I will be unashamed because God has a plan for me and for you. Title is, called to be bold and unashamed. Point number one. God is calling you. Answer the call. God is calling you. Answer the call. A guy once said, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Think about it for a second. You might be in this room thinking, I don't believe in God. You might be in this room thinking, well, I have a different way of my relationship with God. But I want to challenge you today to think like, wow, maybe there's something I don't know. To think in a different mindset like, wow, if there is something more about God, I need to do things I've never done before. I need to get out of my comfort zone and go to the zone where Jesus Christ is. Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Let's look at the first issue that makes us not bold and shameful. And how do we get over that that, that, that shame, that fear? Romans chapter 1. Romans 1 it says in verse 1 Paul a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God let's pause right there for a second this letter was written to the Romans and where are the Europeans in the house? The Europeans, yeah. Europeans yeah, you know, those. So in a sense, this letter was written to the European Christians. And it was like, hey, you Europeans, I want to tell you something. And those of you who live here, you might have a European mindset already. So you're more or less Europeans, like I yeah. am, you know. Yeah. I struggle with my identity. Sometimes I'm like, am I Nigerian or am I Dutch? Am I Nigerian or am I Dutch? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, what am I thinking? Is my, is my thinking in Dutch or is my thinking in Nigeria? I was like, well, like, ah! <laughs> you know, my mind, I'm like in between two places right there. But in verse 1, it says that Paul saw himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. Think about it for a second. What does a servant mean? Back then in Levitical times, a servant actually means a blood slave. And he's saying, hey, I am a blood of Jesus Christ. That means Jesus is my master. And if you have any issue, what I'm going to say to you right now, it's not with me. You have an issue with Jesus Christ. He's saying, it's not me I'm speaking to you right now. God is speaking to you right now. So you better answer God, not answer me. He says, and I am called to be an apostle. What does it mean to be an apostle? To be a messenger. And he says he was set apart for the gospel of God. Paul says three key things I want you to write down. Write this down. It says, my identity is I am a servant of Jesus Christ. What do you call them? Ants. There's always serving. Servants. <laughs> Isaac is like, bro, you've used, you've used this joke so many times. Can we move on to another joke? <laughs> I am broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> The second thing that Paul says is, my calling and function is I'm a messenger. 
And it says, the third thing he says is like, write this down. My purpose is the gospel of God. Do you think Paul has an issue with his identity? No. you think Paul is bold? Yep. you think he's unashamed? Yep. It's like, I don't care what you think. I am confident in who I am, who I serve, and my function on this earth. The question you should ask yourself, how do you see yourself? What is your identity? What defines you today? Ask yourself the question, uh, is, my, is my purpose, my function in life, <coughs> just to work in finance? Let's keep her. <laughs> is my function in life in IT or audiovisual media? <laughs> or is it acting? The question is, am I acting for Jesus? Am I, being, am I the IT connection between people and Jesus? Am I the person who is counting the cost financially with people and Jesus? Am I the person who is, who is going to school and bringing people with economics to be in an economical relationship with Jesus? Am I the, 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 the person who's looking at the, the physical body and saying, you know what, I'm going to look at your physical body and spiritual body to check you out and make sure you're right for Jesus. I want to inspire you today that your identity must be in Christ Jesus. Look at what Paul says in verse 6. It says, and you also, and it says, you also, <laughs> it says, you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. It says, hey, it's not about me alone. I am called to belong to Jesus Christ. But you know what? You too. It says you two are called to belong to Jesus Christ. It says to all in Rome who are what? Loved by God. Read with me, guys. And called to be what? Is holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, you know what? It's not just about me, but it's also about you. You are also subject to Jesus Christ. It says you are also, your calling is to be a messenger of Jesus Christ. You are also set apart for God's gospel. Amen? Amen. The foundation of boldness and being unashamed stems from your identity. How do you see yourself today? If I ask you, what do you do? What would you say? I work at a pharmacy. Why do we say that? Everyone's like, what do you do? Yeah, I work, I work at this. But no, but what do you do? We will let our jobs define us. Let our careers define us. Supposed to let our source of life define us. God Almighty. Are you guys with me today? Yeah. But God says, if you're going to be bold, get your identity right. If you're going to be unashamed, get your function right. If you're going to be bold and unashamed, know your purpose. You know what? There was a lady, I want to tell you guys a joke. There was a lady known for faith and boldness. Very elderly woman. You guys, who has seen Coming to America, that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Or the movie I think about yeah. to Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was his famous <laughs> scream in the morning? <laughs> Good morning, my neighbors! Good morning, my neighbors! Yeah. You guys remember the movie? That movie is cranky. That's a great movie. It was a, I mean, yeah. back then, Coming to America was like huge. Yeah. Even today, maybe so still. But this lady, you know what she did? She wakes up in the morning and goes outside. And then when she wakes up, she's like, Praise the Lord! Next morning, Praise the Lord! Next morning, Praise the Lord! Every day, she went outside of the house, Praise the Lord! And then one day, the atheist neighbor next to her said, There is no God. Praise no Lord. 
Mm. Next thing again, praise the Lord. And this, this guy's getting ticked off. He's like, let me sleep. <laughs> and, one, and then one day she came out and says, praise the Lord, God, I need food. I'm hungry. I'm in a tough spot right now. But praise the Lord. Mm. Goes back in. And then that same night, goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning, goes outside, opens the door, and she finds a bag of groceries in front of the house. You guys be like, wow. Wow. Come on, guys. I don't see you're with me. I'm building, I'm building up right there. I'm building up, guys. Be with me. Hang with me, you know. And, and she was like, wow, you know, groceries. God, praise the Lord. And then from the bush somewhere in the corner, this atheist comes out. Ah! You see, there is no God. I bought those groceries for you. And you know what she said? Praise the Lord! Yeah. God is using the devil to pay for my groceries! Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a woman who is Wonderful. bold? Yeah. She is like, you know, I don't care what you think. I don't care if you believe in God or not, whether you pay for it or not. I believe that there's only one God to praise, and that is the Lord God Almighty! Amen. You know, she was bold and unashamed. Question is, are you bold and unashamed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is time to stop being aloof. To stop being yeah. worldly. To stop being like in a victim mode. <laughs> to stop being bitter. Life is awesome. Yeah. Live your life. Amen. That life is God given. Live it to the full potential that God wants you to be. Don't be afraid of anything. As long as you know that God is with you, you are with God, and you have all power next to you. Believe that God is with you. Amen. Amen. It's, you gotta stop sleeping. You gotta wake up. You know, some of us sleep our lives awake. Mm. Literally, the most crucial parts of our day are in the mornings. Yes. Whatever you do in your morning determines the rest of your day. Yeah. If it is not with God, it, your day will be determined by everything else. It is time to stop being religious. To give everything to God and say, God, I am your servant. I am here as your messenger. And I will go about your gospel for the rest of my life. Come on. You guys want to clap? You can really clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give it a half hearted clap. Like, you either clap or don't clap. You guys with me? Amen, guys. Come on, babe, you're my biggest fan, amen. <laughs> but you know, thinking about it, you know, recently, I myself, I, I struggled a lot this past, since, since I became kind of focused on campus ministry, mm. I started struggling a lot with sharing my faith on the tube. And if you know me when I was first a disciple, man, I would share my faith anything that moved. Yes. Yeah. You know, was it a cat or a squirrel? Or like, hey, you want to follow Jesus? I know that. You know, I'll be like, I'll come to church before church, I'll be like outside, and like, guys, welcome, come to church, you know, I'll be like, sharing with everything that moved. I didn't really care. Why? Because I knew what I had become. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus. But now, I, I think I realized that well, my identity is shifting. I'm like, oh, I'm a minister on campus. I'm like, oh! So it's very dangerous ground right there. And I'm like, no, the only place I share my faith is on campus. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm losing my identity. And in a sense, we can also have the same kind of thing, thinking like, oh, my identity is based on where I am geographically, what I'm doing right now, or you know, like, no, 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 no. Your identity is you a minister of Christ Jesus everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah. come on. Not just when you're at home. 
Not just when you're in school. You are a minister or ministeress, if that's possible, <laughs> of Christ Jesus everywhere you go. Yeah. But the question is, why don't we take this very serious? Romans chapter 8. Yeah. Romans 8. You know, in Romans 8, I've read this scripture. Remember, I remember when I became a disciple, I spoke to Menno about this scripture. And it was one of those scriptures that really kind of you know, struck me. I'm like, this is a very special scripture. You know, there's some passages in the Bible you read, you're like, whoa, there's something special about this one. And in verse 28, it's so special. I'm like, wow. And for the first time after two and a half years, and I really understand better this scripture. In verse 28, it says, And we know that in what? All, all things. things. Does it say some things? No. All things. Who? God. God. Works for the what? Good. Good. The bad? No. no. The evil? No. The things that make you struggle? No. The good of those who do what? Love, Love him. him. Who have been called according to his purpose. First things first, this scripture assumes that you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It says you know. You know that in every situation of your life, things that make you scared, Things that make you unashamed, things that make you shrink back, things that make you timid, that make you lack discipline, that make you not have love. You know that God is working through all those things for the good. But let's break the scripture down a little bit more. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's, let's sink deeper now. I don't want to stay on that level. Let's go deeper now. What does the word work mean? The word works in Greek means synegeo. Synegeo. So think about that for a second. Synegeo, it says God synegeo, fails synegeo, which means God puts extra power into assisting you. God puts his assistance into the things that you are doing. And it says, what does it mean to be called? Called in Greek means kletos, which means to be invited to discharge an office. You are appointed in service to a particular position. <coughs> and if you think about the word purpose, this is, the, this is the most profound one. Purpose in Greek is prothesis, which means the showbread. Who knows what the showbread is? Okay, let's go back into Old Testament. The showbread was what the Israelites every Sabbath day would put in the sanctuary. And they would align the showbread in 12. 12 pieces of showbread for representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And they would put them two by two next to one another. And they put them on the sanctuary for God. And that was to be put in the tabernacle every refreshed every Sabbath day. So what was it doing? It was a show to God. Mm. So if you read this scripture again, not understanding, it says, and the south region of the London International Christian Church knows 
that in all things, what does all things mean? All things. All things. There's no Greek word for it. All things just mean all things. It's no, we're going to go deeper there. <laughs> Theos synergizes for the good of the South region who love him, who have been called to a specific divinely appointed position according to his purpose that you can be the showbread showing God for who he is. Oh. Isn't that deep? Yeah. That you are God's showbread. You are the one that is called to show God, to be the God revealer to everyone on this earth. But you must see that position as an office that is given to you specifically. Yep. That is what you are. Right. And so if you know this, would you struggle with boldness? No. no. Would you struggle with shame? No. Because you know who you are. You know who you are. You know. So if, if you don't really believe in God, actually, in, in this room, think about this for a second. If you don't believe in God, this should help you to believe in God. Meaning that God actually says, whether you believe me or not, I want to work through you. <laughs> this is quite convicting. Mm -hmm. I want to work through you, but wait, there's only one condition. God love me, though. Mm. Who likes to be in a relationship you don't, you don't, don't know? Who likes being unloved? Mm. Who, likes, who wants to be in a relationship that no one loves you? No. Who wants to be used in a relationship? No. Who wants to be abused in a relationship? Mm. No one. So why do you think God wants to be used also? God wants to be loved. Because he wants to love you also. Amen? Amen. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. But why do I say this to you? Because I believe sometimes we forget who we are. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me you're afraid. Don't tell me you're ashamed. Tell me that God is with me. Don't tell me, like, man, I don't know if I can do it today. But no, you know what Romans 8.28 says? That he will assist you in everything you do. Yeah. Don't tell me I'm weak. Yeah, I know you're weak. But guess what? In your weakness, God will work through it also. Don't tell me I don't have all the knowledge. That's fine. Even with that knowledge you have, God will work through your knowledge also. You see, God doesn't look at who, who is better. Who is, God is like, you know what? As long as you love me, I will work powerfully through every single situation. Imagine if the God of the heaven and earth says, I will put my power into your power. Woo! How does that look like to you? Mm. Powerful. Powerful. Mm. Yeah. So you see, we're not a, a church that tells you, come on Sunday, we have a good speech. No, a church that really challenges you to really get deeper in your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so today, I want to give you a simple challenge. Okay. It's very simple. Okay. You might hate me for it, but don't hate me. You're deal with God. <laughs> All right, come on. Come on, Tom. Hebrews chapter 5. I want to lift up a man in this room. His name is Mohammed. Come on, I remember the first time we, we, we had Bible studies with Mohammed, just helping him to become a disciple. And I saw this was a man who was, was like, he, he saw God's call of him through all the years. All these years. You know, Mohammed is not 25 anymore. He's not 30. He's not 30. He, look, he looks younger. Though. He looks like an athlete. <laughs> but Mo, despite situations, he saw, like, wow. God is calling me, I can answer that call. I think go with Jessica. Come on, Jessica. Come on, Jess. Well, they, should, they should do a great welcome today. Uh, yeah. 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 Jess, 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 she answered the call of God last summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was like, God, I know, 
She said, I don't believe, I don't understand why people don't believe in you. What she said. Mm. She's like, I, I just, I mean, look around you. Why is that? How can people not believe in you? I mean, there's quite evidence. Yeah. yeah. You know. And yes, she is today a solo disciple. Amen? Yeah, come on, yes. Jess. Come on, come on. Let's, let's clap for it. Let's go. Awesome. Telling you simple. Hebrews 5. And as you go, they want to tell you a story. <coughs> when my wife and I became disciples, we were already married in the world before. And so, thankfully, we're already married, so we're going to stay married. I love my wife. Yep, it's great. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And then we became disciples. And I had my first European missions conference in the same month I became a disciple. When those of you who have been to our conferences, you know. And it's a powerful moment. Yes, yes. It's like full of power and like, whoa, the word of God just really convicts you like never before in those conferences. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I sat down there that day in the first general session. I remember I was being like, wow. So something in my heart going to like, I feel like God is calling me to do something. I feel like, man, I, God is calling me to, to, to take this serious, to go all in. Remember, thinking why I'm saying this to you, because I want you to go all in also. <laughs> Amen. Sure. What did I do? I went home, and the whole year of 2017, I was praying one prayer. And only two people know that, that I prayed that prayer. Only two people know that prayer. I want to tell you that what I prayed for. Please. I said, God. If it is your will for me to really become the minister of, of reconciliation you want me to be, and the fans is for you, God, here I am. Here I am. I want to be serious with you. And I was praying this prayer for a whole year, every single day. I would go to the park next to our house and Sutton, I was praying for him, five him, just praying, God, here I am. I'm in my quiet time at home, I was reading my Bible at home early in the morning, and I, and I sat down there and I was like, and I was seeing for the first time in the Bible when I read Timothy, what it meant to really be a minister. I was crying, crying like, I can't do it. I'm not sure if I can. I, I, are you sure you're calling me or is it man calling me? I'm not sure. I'm, or am I calling myself? And I was crying, God, I don't know. I don't know if I can lead your people. I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure if I can go to the ends of this world for you. I'm not sure. But I said to myself, God, if it is your will, make it happen. If it's not your will, block it. And I was in a very scary prayer because in my heart, I really wanted to. But it was a very dangerous prayer because if it wasn't God's will, that means I'd be very disappointed. Mm. I was like, God, please, if it's your will, let it happen. If it's not, stop it. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. At the end of the day, I realized, I'm like, man, let's give a surrender to God. You see, being both unashamed. It's just you surrendering to God. It's a full surrender. It's not, I'm not talking about going out there and screaming like that woman who says, praise the Lord. That's not what boldness is. Boldness is a full surrender. 
He says, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will. I don't want to do my will. I want you. That's, that's how you answer God's call. God's call is, where are you, Euclid? Where are you, Wilson? Where are you, Christo? Where are you, Ramon? Where are you, Mark? Where are you? But it's walking on the earth like it was walking in the garden of Eden. Where are you, Annika? Where are you, Jamie? Where are you, Kevin? Will you say, here I am? Or will you say, I'm not sure? Because it is boldness to answer the call. Amen. You ever see one of those phone calls you see coming? It's like, oh man, Tommy White's calling me again. He <laughs> <laughs> wants to check on me to see if I'm evangelizing. Should I answer the call or not? That's how God is. You bitch, there's some voicemail. Exactly. And what does God do? He leaves you a voicemail. Where are you? Where are you? And if you're bold, you call him back. If you're bold, you say, Sorry, I missed your call, God. Here I am. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to challenge you guys today. Simple challenge! Hebrews 5. It says in verse 1 Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God. To offer sacrifices, gifts, and sacrifices for sins. He's able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and who are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. God calls everyone, guys question is, are you picking up the call? I want to give you a simple challenge today. Do what I did. I want you to go home this week and I want you to wrestle with this scripture in prayer. God, what are you calling me to do? God, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to do? My identity, my purpose, my function, what, what, what is my role? Because where are the evangelists? Where are those who say, here I am, I'm ready, I'm going to die with my hand frozen to the word of God? Where are the women who want to say, Vena, I'm right behind you, I want to be a woman like you? Where are, the, where, where are the guys who say, you know what, I want to start my own new Bible talk? Where are the guys who want to say, this is what I view. I want to be a song leader. I want to... Where are the guys who say, you know what? I know who I am. I know what God can do with me. Here I am, God. Use me. It is time. You know what, you know what time is? Time is a mist. It yeah. goes just like that. Yeah. The more you waste your time, the less you achieve your purpose. Mm -hmm. But in the Proverbs 29, in verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Mm -hmm. Where is your vision? Let it not just be about coming to church on Sunday. Or Bible talk. Or meetings. That's what the denominational churches do. We don't do that here. Yeah. We challenge you one another. What is your vision? What do you want to do for God? 
Because that's why you, that's the only time you'll be bold and unashamed. I got a couple of minutes, six more minutes, and we're close. On, <laughs> Hang in here with me, guys. I'm taking you to a wheel of emotions right now. I want you to be happy, <laughs> sad, glad, mad, you know, all those, all those things. I'm turning you down the wheel all around. You know, there's a guy who asked the question What lies at the bottom of the ocean and shakes a lot? Sorry. A, ner <laughs> a nervous wreck. Okay. You guys get it? Yeah. We got it, we got it. We got it, bro. Leave it there. What a wreck. What a wreck. But anyone wants to be a nervous wreck. No one, right? The Bible says it gives us power, love, and self-discipline, amen? Let us not be nervous wrecks. No. Let us be in Christ Jesus. Because, hey, it is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives in, in what? In me. The Bible says in Romans 10, it says, how can they believe if they don't hear the message? Mm -hmm. And why does not go there? Romans 10. Get into my, my second point. And I got two very short points for you. My first one was a bit like elongated, but my second two, two short points last, and we close it up right there. Romans 10. In verse 14, it says, How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? You see, we don't, we don't expect someone who doesn't believe in God to call on God. Because he got us, he just got to hear the message, first of all. How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? You must hear about God, first of all. How can they hear without someone walking past them? <laughs> someone silently and timidly sitting next to them? Nope. <laughs> someone just being in friendship with them or nothing else? <laughs> Preaching to them. Preaching. How can anyone preach unless they are what? Sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of my wife who brings good news. <laughs> how are your feet, guys? <laughs> Let's talk about feet right now. Because how are your feet? <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> bringing good news. is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bible says our feet are beautiful. I'm going to bring the good news. So if you, it's not a pedicure that will help your feet. It's the good news that helps your feet to get more beautiful. <laughs> so for the ladies in the house right now, I want to save you some money. So when you're budgeting, when you, when you budget your, your week or your month, when it comes to a pedicure, just put the good news. <laughs> the good news of Jesus. That makes my feet beautiful. Amen, guys? Amen. And for the men, you know, hey, you know, you know, you know, you know how we roll. You're just taking a nail cutter. Just clip everywhere. Just clip, 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 clip. Ankle grinder. Ankle grinder. <laughs> You know, we're like Flintstones men, you know, ugly feet, hardcore feet, calloused and everything. <laughs> but Jesus says, you'll be beautiful when you share the good news, amen? <laughs> Point number two, to answer the call is to accept to be pushed to boldness and being unashamed. What? To answer the call is to accept to be pushed to boldness and being unashamed. Let's look at Mark 6. We got Mark announced with us today. Oh, Mark. Time to push Mark a little bit. Mark, you like being pushed? 
We like being pushed. Sometimes. We like being pushed. Sometimes I feel. But then, in all honesty, we like being pushed, actually. Oh, there might be pushed up a hill, pushed over a cliff. Say again? No, we should. No, please. I'm asking a question. What do you want to know? We should push yourself. Self-motivated. Amen. Amen. Come on, line. Line line is like self-motivated right now. Right in the corner, the line. gonna push yourself. Self-motivated. Mark six. Let's see how Jesus sees pushing. In verse six. I love this scripture because when I came to the sidebar, I read this for the first time. I was like, oh my goodness, this is how Jesus is. Sometimes we don't really realize who Jesus is. We're like, oh, Jesus, this cute baby born in a manger and everything. Oh, my like, oh, oh, he's not the savior of the world. Oh, he was a real man. He really existed. But hey, do you really know who Jesus is? Look what it says in verse 6. Partly through verse 6, it says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. It's like from county to county, from borough to borough. From, you know, just Platinum Junction to Brixton and to Stockwell, you know, Norbury, everywhere, Morden. <laughs> Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two. And you remember the showbread? Yeah. Two by two, you see the, you see the alignment there. You see, Jesus Christ really knows the Bible. <laughs> and gave them authority over impure spirits. They were, this were the instructions. Take nothing for the journey, except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but no extra shirt. Oh my goodness, this guy must have been stinking after a while. <laughs> Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should what? Repent. People always want to say, you know, you, you, see, you see those guys on the streets in Brixton always shouting, ah, 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 like, I don't, I, what are you trying to tell me? They <laughs> <laughs> want to repent. Oh! <laughs> Jesus Christ sends them out to preach only one message. Repentance. What is repentance? Change your mind, change your actions. Yeah. And you know what? Say, just admit, I'm wrong. God, you're right. And I'm done. It says they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. What is Jesus doing here? He's pushing these guys. It's like, imagine if you're going on a mission team, you know, we're going to Amsterdam this year, man. And we're going to be like, Michael's like, okay, Michael, it's like, tomorrow you and Vienna are going to go there alone. Just two of you. Oh. That's a mission team right there. <laughs> Just yeah. you and your wife. Absolutely. You know nowadays we live in a very strawberry generation. You know what strawberry is? Uh, very soft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so squishy. Don't press me too much before I burst. Where are the coconuts? <laughs> when you drop them, they might not even break. Oh, strawberry. Step on me once and I'm. Ah! A mess, that's a mess right there. All red and stains. Footballers. 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 Where are the rugby players? We were like cyclists. Cyclists, I mean, my man is like a cycler, bro. They fall and keep going. Broken legs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This Jesus was one to make this guy real rugby players in the kingdom of God. 
It was like, you know what? You know what? No, don't eat. Don't take any food with you. No bag, no money, nothing. It's just me and you. Go. Imagine if today I told you don't eat today. How would you feel? Bro, I think you're not, you're not thinking about my health. <laughs> don't take any bag. Bro, bro, that's my fashion sense. No extra shit. Bro. You're killing my, my swagger. <laughs> you know, my, you know, I got my special deodorant on that shirt today. Jesus is like, you know what? Go. Go get tough. Go get tough. Go. Don't you realize what I'm doing to you? I'm making you a servant of Jesus Christ. I want to make you strong for a purpose. I want to make you know your function properly. So don't let anything else determine who you're going to be. I want you to be only you and me alone. Then you'll be bold and unashamed. I mean, if you had a shirt that stinks all day long, you'd be unashamed. You'd be like, I don't really care anymore. You want to repent? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Jesus is like, he's molding them to really accept the call to be bold and unashamed. What about you guys today? Do you want to be bold and unashamed? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are we going well? Are we going in the right direction? Am I, am I hitting your heart in some areas there? Yeah. Look at verse. Let's see in verse, uh, verse, verse 30. In verse 30 it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have the chance to eat, he said to them, you know what, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. What's going on here? These guys have been on a missionary trip. Just two of them. They're smelling badly. There's no food. There's no bag. They come back to Jesus like, Jesus, yeah, it's so good to see you finally. Oh, I, I, oh. And then what Jesus says, what do you do? What do you teach? Jesus is all about accountability. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, some of us don't like being asked questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you get my text sometimes like, bro, how's it going, bro? <laughs> you, know, you, you know, how was your week in you know, evangelism? You know, just trying to encourage you. I love you. Do you have anybody who you're loving, following up with to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you know? And, you know, and some of us are like, tell me why again. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, guys, you think that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, hey sis, how are you? Hope you're having a great time. And I'm so friendly in that message, right, Danny? And I'm like, hey sis, hope you're doing well. I just want to love you. And you'll be hope you might look forward to your communion today. Just a question. How was your evangelism this week? And then no answer. But Jesus was all about accountability, guys. Jesus was like, what did you do? And what did you teach? And what does he say? Let's go to a place where we can rest. <coughs> Sometimes we forget who we serve. That Jesus Christ wants to know if you're actually doing what you should be doing. Mm. <laughs> you know, and the story goes on. You can, you can think about it in this way. So these guys come back and they're so hungry. And Jesus says, okay, let's go rest somewhere. And then... People come to him, and, and, and you can see the disciples' face. Oh my goodness, I thought we were gonna rest, get some Netflix, get some food, get some pizza. And Jesus is like, Okay, so we have all these people coming with us. What do, we, what do we have? Okay, we have five loaves and two fish. Huh, you know what? Let's do this. 
sit everyone down, all 5,000 of them, divide them into smaller groups, I will multiply that food and will feed everyone. And the guys must be like, hmm? but Jesus, I mean, we want to rest also. Imagine you've gone a whole day and come back and it's like, I want to rest. You just say, I want to rest? Let's do this. You feed them. When you fed them, clean up the whole thing again. Imagine cleaning after 5,000 people. Kevin must think about, you know, when he goes to the stadium and he cleans after 5,000 people. That's tough. And there's the guys are still hungry. And then it says, you know what, you've cleaned up? Okay. When you've cleaned up, everything is left over. Gather that also. And then and then only, you know what you should do? Get in the boats. Look at what he says in verse 49. They didn't even eat yet. They didn't even rest yet. It says in verse 45, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boats and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went on to a mountainside to pray. Jesus is like, you know what? Get on the boat. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. You guys see what I'm seeing here? These guys are struggling. Urgh, it's hard. And Jesus just walks past them almost. Like, huh, look at them struggling. Huh. All right. At least you're learning something. Let's just say we've got to learn things. Amen? Amen? Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, ah, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be what? Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the laws. Their hearts were hardened, and church said, Amen. He said, Jesus says, you know what? I will come into the boat of your life, and things will calm down in your life. Jesus said, you know what? Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. These guys were so afraid. It's like seeing Jesus, but not seeing Jesus. We can be that way. We can be terrified by things that actually shouldn't be seen for what they are. That's what fear is. Fear is a false evidence appearing real. They saw Jesus, but they saw false. They saw a ghost. And they were terrified. Challenge is simple. Allow yourselves to be pushed. These guys, their hearts were hardened because they were not able to see God for who he was. They couldn't understand how much power Jesus had. 5,000 people get fed, multiplied loaf and fish, walks on water, calms the storm. And, and these guys are like, who is this? Who is this Jesus? In that verse, in verse 50 at the end, it says, take courage, it is I. When he says it is I, it goes back to Genesis and Exodus. And it means ego, imai, in Hebrew which means, I am, I am, I am. So in every situation of life, God says, take courage, I am, don't be afraid. Look at the person next to you, right and left, tell the person, Jesus says, take courage, I am, don't be afraid. Jesus, take courage, I am, don't be afraid.
Say it like you really yeah, say it like you're here. Uh, don't be afraid. It really says take courage, don't be afraid. I am. I am. Don't be afraid. Write this down. My practical for you today, write this down. Yeah. as follows. Practical. If you're a disciple already, go to your discipler today and tell them, push me. Very simple. Push me. I know, you, I know I've been kind of a little bit, uh, I've not been in there with you. Push me. Push me to be more like Christ. If you are studying the Bible right now, tell the person standing by with you, push me. <laughs> push me. If you're not studying the Bible yet and you're a guest with us, well, tell your contact, please push me. Not physically. <laughs> Spiritually. I see, I see Arus and pushing Emma there. Because <laughs> pushing makes you like Christ. We need to be pushed sometimes. Pushed to be like Christ. Because it doesn't happen by itself. In closing, Romans 8. That's my last scripture for you guys, and I'll close there. My third point is the bold and unashamed are the only hope for the lost world. Romans 8. It's not a long point. You guys will stay with me. The guy once said, Never, ever, ever feed someone else's dream. You will only remain a ghost in their vision. I say it again. Never, ever feed someone else's dream. Because you will only remain a ghost in their vision. The question is, whose dream are you feeding? God's dream? Or someone else's dream? Romans 8. I love the scripture in closing. Verse 18. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Think about that for a second. You might be in this room and there are things that you're struggling with, your sufferings. Romans 8, verse 18. Remember thinking, oh, my Bible talk needs to crank. Missions, contribution coming up. Pledge increase. Persecution. All that kind of things, whatever suffering we're going through, God says it's not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. What glory? This glory. That the whole world will be saved and go to heaven. Even right now, maybe this sermon is too long for you. It's not worth comparing to the fact that oh, who can be saved through this sermon today. It's about perspective. Who can be saved through my coming here? Who can be saved through my hearing this message? Who can be saved? That is the glory that, is, that outweighs whatever I'm going through. Because the Bible says God works synergized with everything. Even through this sermon, God's power is going to help you with this sermon to actually fulfill your purpose. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Wow. It says... When you wake up in the morning and go outside, the world is waiting for you. For you to reveal the glory of God. 
for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation in itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought the free into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And should I say? This scripture is all about saying, like, wow, everything you do in God's name, the purpose is for everyone to come to see God's glory. For everyone to come to heaven. For everyone to come to salvation. And if you're with us for the first time today, I want to really inspire you. We do a Bible study series. It helps people to understand what it truly means to follow Jesus. I want to really invite you today. Don't leave this room today without setting up a time to go through those Bible study series. Because it changed my life. It changed everyone, most of the people in this room's life. And it will change your life as well to see what the truth is about who God is. You might be thinking like, well, I didn't, I didn't even know that this church was like this when I, before I came here. Well, that's true. We're a strange people. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, don't really, we don't really want to be denominational. We want to be just what the Bible says. We have the Bible church. And so the points I have for you today is really like, man, God is calling you. Are you answering that call? You know, to be pushed, to really be pushed is how you can be bold and unashamed. And thirdly, man, you know what? You and I, fortunately enough, God says, we are the ones <laughs> that he wants to use to save the world. That should make you feel special. That should make you feel bold and unashamed. I love you guys all. It's God be glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot UK And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.